Welcome to Watch Over, a podcast devoted to all things Arrow and Elicity. Featuring myself, Jen, aka J Buffy Angel, and me, Kelly, aka Callista Wolf. Be aware we do discuss spoilers and swear now and then, but we will always have fun and you will too. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going. It's going. How are you feeling? Maddie has a little cold, guys. I do, but we're back to just like where it's regular cold. And not, it's not COVID? It's not COVID. So that okay. I, I, I tested early on, but back when it was full body aches and chills and all that. That's miserable. Truly miserable. And so... <laughs> Well, I was like, well, at least it's not COVID, but I still feel like shit. So, <laughs> like, thanks, so, thanks, world of other diseases. And it's also rude that you shouldn't have your period at the same time as. Oh, being that's sick. like a freaking crime. That's not okay. <laughs> it's just this like, week was like, fuck there you. There should be rules. There should be rules. It's not allowed. Like, I've had my period like in a hospital after surgery. It's the worst. No, wouldn't know. I wouldn't recommend it, guys. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. So I slept a lot over the past two days, and then the only time my body wouldn't ache was when I'd be in a hot bath. So I took like I took like eight baths over the last two days. So I'm very clean. (laughs) I'm all shiny and new. Oh, that's. But now I'm just to like just regular sinuses and sniffles and yeah and still kind of tired so that just did a half day of work today so I that's good you need to work less when you don't feel good give your body time to recoup because Apolog- week- go ahead yeah because the weekend days in retail those are the days you need to be like on because that's when yes. the people are there so that's when the money comes you need so to make real- the monies that's what we got to do. So does your Cavapoo follow you everywhere? Well, Champ, because they, they both are Cavapoos. So yeah. Champ, for the most part, kind of does. So my my mom is their person. Okay. And so, and then, although now that we've introduced a second dog, sometimes Champ will just be over it and he... He goes into the guest bathroom and just like lays down in there when he wants to just disengage from everything. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I, I'm done with this foolishness. But, Got it. But Charlie, yeah, Charlie kind of follows mom around for, for the most part. I am trying to explain to Lily because I have my office and then right off the kitchen, off the office is my little kitchenette. And I like have to heat up my tea and that kind of stuff. Like I work, like I go back and forth a lot. And every time I get up and go to the little kitchenette, which is a total of like 10 feet, um, she comes with. Like she'll wake up from her nap and follow me out. And then she follows me back in the room. And I have to get up. And then she wakes up from her nap and follows me back out. And I'm like, Lily, <laughs> I'm literally right here. You don't no, have to get up. They and do me. age out of it a little bit because that was champ. But now he'll, if okay. he's in well, lay down mode, like then chills out. 
then he's she's a definitely fan. yeah she's definitely a follower like whoever she's spending time with she'll pick one of the three of us and she'll be like i'm pitching my ride to you where you go so goes my nation so <laughs> it's really cute but i feel bad because she's not getting enough sleep i finally had to put her up in her pen upstairs and she was tired like normally she whines if i do that but like today she was like yeah leave me alone i need a nap <laughs> You move too much, Mom. I can't keep up. Can I pause? Sometimes you need to stay in the box. Sometimes you just need a box. Just in a box. Well, sorry, guys. We did not record last week because I had family drama and I was emotionally exhausted. So it's really what it boils down to. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) We're just going to leave it at that. Also, PSA, don't steal people's Christmas gift ideas. That's all I'll say. It's shitty. Moving on, next topic. Um, Cliff Notes version. Cliff Notes version. Also, I kind of think it's fitting that we didn't talk last week because this week is the 10-year anniversary of Arrow, which is insane. insane. And quite frankly, I feel like most of us acknowledge 103 as the actual pilot. It's very true. It's. That's... I mean... It's like the store, the show, like Arrow as we know Arrow. Yeah, starts in one hundred three. Reset button on one hundred three. Because I mean, really, what information other than that Oliver is not super? uh, He's a superhero, but he's also kind of uh, he's got a lot of PTSD and he's a little chilly. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much you glean. Also, he makes terrible relationship choices when left to his own. This is Oliver. He's a He's vigilante and will kill people, and he's he's not okay. That's basically yeah, like, what here, we learned. Here is very good looking hot mess, and then in one hundred three, we're like, oh, here's the person who is like going to help clean up the hot mess, which is because you get a little tease in with with the Diggle stuff. So that's the other thing of the first two episodes is, and this is Diggle who's calling him on his shit. <laughs> I feel like in retrospect, I feel like the Diggle stuff moves fast. Like, really? It didn't feel fast when I watched it because it was, like, a month? But now that I'm thinking about the two episodes, 103 and 104, like, Diggle finds out quick. He does because they needed someone to find out because they couldn't keep doing freaking voiceover. (laughs) It was so annoying. Oliver and his Meredith Grey. (laughs) Yeah. Keep up the voice. Yeah. No, I agree with the writers. It's way more interesting when people find out about Oliver's secret. So then they can have conversations. Yeah. I just, I just like, I just want to be a fly in that. Because television shows need people to talk to each other instead of silently being yeah, in, a, silent in a warehouse by himself. I mean, girl, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. So, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, went, I'm going back to look for, um, my review so also you guys there's a link that leads you to my season reviews don't know how that works there's a broken link but then they put like tumblr put a corrective link on there and it leads you to all the reviews oh so good that's nice thanks tumblr except it only leads me to what's going on whatever i'll do this later but so far it's only left me to 104 Whatever. I'm logging in. Anyways. All right. So, Maddie, give me your first impressions of 103. Because Callie and I have talked about it, like, ad nauseum for yeah, many decades. Yeah. Let's, let's save the 
allicity of it all for last yeah. just because yeah talk about other stuff we'll talk we about will the, we will talk at stuff with maddie yep 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 or sorry with callie okay yep, yep, yep. so first off we'll just get into like the villain of it all of since now we know the broader significance of floyd lawton but like he was also an interesting just like episode of the week bad guy you know of like they open up the like cold open Oliver's doing his you have failed the city thing and then like the dude gets shot and you're just yeah oh shit (laughs) there's another player in the game (laughs) yep and that also once they do the like the quick little shot before the commercial break or whatever of him like tattooing the names on himself Mm -hmm. it's quick shorthand of like this guy's like not normal (laughs) right he's kind of psycho yeah and you should be scared (laughs) i am in agreement oliver is yeah also i realized they don't really linger on the andrew diggle like as one of the names on the tattoo it's really just a like true easter egg of just as it pans up if you spot it you see it but like it's not they really don't telegraph that heavily which I find interesting of because most of the time Arrow is fairly heavy handed so the fact that they were subtle with that I was like oh look at you being all subtle I know they're, that was really not their forte though either you're completely right because like Arrow really likes to whack you over the head with it like I imagine they'd start the shot at like Andrew Diggle and then like pan out but right. No. They just show the the whole torso, and it's just kind of a little thing you can spot now that you you know it's there. Yeah, I was like, hmm. what do you know? What do you know? I do. I do so love. I really did miss in later seasons the training montages. Yes, those were those were lovely. A thing to behold. Mm. Like in retrospect, like because I know this from Vampire Diaries, because. Paul Wesley said it took a lot of work to look how he did in season one as in season two. And he said he kind of slacked off a little bit in later seasons. But I really don't feel like Steven did that. I feel like he kept it going. You know? He kept it going through five. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're right. We didn't. Did we get any shirtless scenes in six and seven? Um, barely. There, well, there was the naked shower um, fight in seven, and I think that's, that's kind it. of the last time. That was like the last hurrah. I'm gonna get really in great shape. I'll get in shape since it's like a nude, like fight scene type thing. But yep, then we're done. <laughs> then I'm done. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, I feel like the season one villains. Um, are pretty good for a season one show like I always kind of I my thing with villains is like you always want to like keep them in your back pocket like you don't want to bring out the big guns right away exactly but they're not like they're not so forgettable of you know how we keep bringing up vampire diaries it's part of I'm sorry we're going to guys they know this by now Maddie it's gonna happen yeah but you know how like the antagonists in season one of vampire diaries are kind of lame Mm-hmm. Once you bring into like context of where they go in the future, like the tomb vampires or the stupid council, and you're like, isn't that quaint that that's who we used to be worried about? Yep, yep. Whereas this, it's like, no, these these bad guys are still on about the same level as like 
who we deal with in later seasons. Yeah, you know? it did, they didn't get exponentially worse. They just kind of stayed at this constant, everybody's awful and very Everybody's awful. Like, there's good levels of menace on your, your yep. weekly baddies, and then you have a, like, a some more compelling than others but yeah you, you but have like your, your big bad that then but, is like, like, you, but you bought that they were threats to Oliver exactly but like that they were not just like a th- like a check off you know it wasn't completely red shirt situation of exactly exactly it's like and that was always my thing because you know my husband had told me like there's not a deep bench for Green Arrow <laughs> You know, in no. terms of like, that's why he was always like, well, yeah, they're going to rip off Batman because the Green Arrow doesn't have enough bad guys to like keep it going for 10 years. It's kind of so I was I was very much expecting to like to have very low stake. Yeah, um, 23 episodes in multiple seasons. Right, that... in multiple seasons. And like if they were going to keep this weekly bad guy thing going, I was like, we're going to have some seriously low stakes. But I will say like all through season one, I feel like they kept that same level of energy through most of the season. Like there's always bad episodes in every season of Arrow and season one is like no different than any other. But I do think that they... um they kept the the tension on the bad guys going. So it felt like Oliver just had a lot on his plate. And, you know, because it has to bleed into, like, family life. You know what I mean? That's a big portion of Oliver's story in season one. So, like, you have to believe that, like, he's he's really freaking Like, busy. being the Even arrow he's not doing work. anything during the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they can't be too easy to defeat. Because then right. it's like, yeah, this is taking over his life. Is yes, trying to fight these people. Exactly. Right. And like with Thea and Moira being like, what is with you? Which I feel like there was a little bit more what is going on with you. And speaking soon. of because like hi, I was on a I was on a deserted island. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of what is Oliver doing during the day, 103 also gives us our first appearance of Rocha Oliver. Mm. <laughs> and yes, thus ma'am. an AO3 tag was born. <laughs> That wall climb, yes, is its own sexuality. <laughs> it's just another level. See, that's the thing. Like the jumpy parkour is stupid, but like wall climbing parkour, right? The hot, I'm climbing a wall with like my bare hands and finding bullets. I mean, what the hell? First of all, it's Steven doing it too. Yeah. Like, can we talk about that? I mean, I really, listen, I have my issues with that man, but Lily. He climbed that wall. He climbed the wall. And, like, he did the stunts. The man put in the hours. He put in the hours. So you got to, you have to give him his due credit. The guy worked hard and he was yes. awesome. And he made, I don't know, I understand the need for stunt doubles. I think Hollywood is amazing at stunt doubles. They do a really good job of blending it most of the time. But there is something there when the actor is really doing it. When it's really Tom Cruise hanging off the back of an airplane. You know what I mean? Which is still insane. (laughs) Yeah, which is so crazy. Like, why would you ever do that? But yeah, like that's, that's what it's. I'm not saying Steven's hanging off the back of an airplane, but it brings that sense of realism. Oh, where you're like, this guy is like he legit. Was Tom he's so legit. Bad. Yeah. Like they can do smaller scenes like this. Like 
I mean, I just take it from my Buffy perspective, one of the more jarring aspects of Buffy. And I think because, you know, it was, it was obviously the technology wasn't there. Um, and they had a very specific fight style that Sarah Michelle Geller just couldn't do, you know? And so the cuts between Sarah Michelle Geller and the stunt double were pretty jarring Noticeable. for the majority yeah. of the series like it wasn't blended well it wasn't like oh I that really looks like Sarah you're like that's the stone double <laughs> you know so when I got to this show I was like holy shit it's really the dudes and yeah I'll give Sarah Michelle Geller some credit I think they sold it as she did more stunts than what she actually did but yeah 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 so I appreciate a good stunt in Stephen Amell so we got him climbing the wall we have him speaking Russian yep Yep. And then can we talk a little bit about Laurel and Tommy? Let's talk about Laurel and Tommy while Callie's gone. Yeah, let's just get it out of the way. She's not a Merlin's fan and she hates Laurel. So she's not going to want to talk about this anyways. So, okay. I'm really loving Tommy in this episode because he's just the cutest and he wants to be somebody that Laurel can be proud to be with. And he comes clean to Oliver. He tells her, tells him what's up with Laurel. Oh, yeah, because there's the little the yeah, thing they have the club. The, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's the little fight in the club, which I actually thought was just really funny because Tommy is hilarious. I mean, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go through me. Oh, they're going to go through me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Colin just makes every scene. Like, his comedic abilities are just fantastic. Also, I realized who Colin... Like, Colin Donnell kind of looks like young Hanks. He does a little bit. There, I see that. I can see that. I think he's better mm-hmm. looking than a young Tom Hanks. I'm just putting but it like, out there. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. But, like, splash Tom Hanks? Young Tom Hanks? Like, or are we thinking, like... I'm trying to think. What are some really younger Tom Yeah, Hanks? I think it's younger than, like, You Got Mail. Yeah, I think Splash is kind of good. Splash is kind of a good, a good, I think he was in Timeline. his 20s when he made that one. Yeah, somewhere in that the Splash to movie. Sleepless Zone. That is a yeah. terrible movie. That is awesome. <laughs> like, I watched the shit out of that. In retrospect, it's probably terrible. I know it's terrible, but it's still really good. Daryl Hannah as a mermaid. I mean, what's not to love? So I am a mermaid shipper, guys. Lily. Sorry, my dog's misbehaving. Um, I am a hardcore Merlin shipper. I understand that Laurel is not deserving of Tommy. I recognize that. <laughs> but one can make the argument that Oliver was not always deserving of Felicity. So that's kind of my thing with Laurel and Oliver is they're too similar in a lot of respects and that they need that softness and light to balance um, them out so for Oliver that's Felicity but for Tommy for Laurel it's Tommy you know what I was just thinking of like who could Tommy actually be with and like Iris West should have had a Tommy <laughs> instead of Barry <laughs> yeah you know yeah. I, my, I have comp- this is gonna be very interesting when we hit season two because I have complicated feelings about Barry now because exactly, I really, because we hate him. Right, I hate him now. But like I loved him back then. I loved him. That was Puppy Berry. Perfect Berry is season two Arrow Berry. But 
there are some similarities between him and Tommy, and they kind of look alike. A little bit, but he, but Tommy looks like a man. <laughs> yes, like an actual, like, like if Grant actually went through puberty, he would end up like Colin. Like that kind of comparison is my thing. Shade, no shade. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, I'm very excited because he's kind of thrown down the gauntlet with Laurel. And he says, I'm totally going to be the dude and I'm going to be your man. He clears it with Oliver. And I like that he cleared it with Oliver, even though he didn't really need Oliver's permission. Because, you know, cheating. But it's like, it's still, we should, we should still at least talk. Like, But it's like the solid bro thing to do. Like, yeah. FYI, while you were dead, I was banging your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Just, and I like that they didn't keep it a secret for too long. Because then that kind of, like, taints Tommy's character. My thing about Tommy all through season one is, like, it's the same kind of deal with Oliver. Everyone's painting him as a like this playboy. And again, yes, off screen, but he pretty much shows all through season one that he's not that person, you know? And like, so it gets a little, again, Lauren's, Laurel's condemnation of Tommy gets old pretty quick, too. It does. And also, since Arrow's seasons basically work in real time, Oliver's basically been back from the island like less than a month. So. Yeah, I understand not wanting to immediately bring that up, but somewhere in those first few weeks, the, right. the hey, FYI, this was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I under- also understand Tommy not immediately revealing it, but it's nice that it's like, okay, it's a few weeks in. <laughs> well, and I also think they set down, because one of the more problematic aspects of season one is this love triangle. It's a mess. It's a it is. it's a disaster. And it's a disaster from minute one at the pilot. Okay. But we they reframe it too in see in, in the, the real pilot 103. <laughs> so because Tommy says something to Laurel that I thought was so interesting. He was like, You didn't think I was gonna be I was a one girl type of guy. I'm going to prove you wrong by being someone that you deserve and that you want to be with. So there's this underlining. So we've set the we've set the stage. Who deserves to be with Laurel? And it just automatically kind of put a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth because I was a little bit like, well, like, have we really set out Laurel's character that she is this beacon of of purity and goodness and I didn't really get that feeling from her. You know what I mean? So I was a little bit like, whatever. But it goes, this is what carries through the whole season. And It's Tommy, like not her specifically. It's just to be a good guy because every, just in the general theoretical, every woman deserves a good guy. Right. I, that's fair. Every I like that of, take. Yeah. It's just like, it's not just you like specifically. It's just any... Yes. She deserves a good guy. Any not lesbian deserves a good like, guy. Like... I'm like what makes Laurel so great? But see, that's my own Laurel issues. And as I'm rewatching it, like I'm recognizing my Laurel issues are like really becoming gonna be problematic. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Like, I don't know what my dog is doing. <laughs> Lily. Lily got herself locked in the bathroom. Wait, where are you? Lily. Oh, she made her way up the stairs. She got past the gate, made herself. Oh Lord. Okay. 
She got up the stairs, guys. Made it to up the stairs, but the door is closed. And then she barked. No, it's open. And now you're barking at me to come upstairs. Lily, pause. Sit. Sorry, I have to put her in her pen, guys. This is what you get with live, live, recorded episodes. It's very true. Here's when. Yeah, so it's just, it's not about Laurel specifically. And also the the irritating thing about the triangle to me is bringing it back to TVD of like, (laughs) while it was this side of the triangle and that it was very tit for tat with them, it also wasn't so immediate, you know, because... It wasn't so immediate in Vampire Diaries? Yeah, the bouncing back and forth wasn't so, like, turn on a dime. Like, you'd have arcs with one and then an arc with the other but it wasn't just like literally every other episode type thing because you get this Tommy Laurel progression and then episode four is all about like Laurel getting close with the hood and kind of having like this weird like getting attracted to the hood Mm -hmm. as well and like Mm -hmm. that whole thing and you're just like come on she's super horny for the hood super horny for the hood like down girl like listen I get it the leather pants I mean you don't have to sell me on them I'm just saying (sighs) take it down a notch sweetheart simmer down now I just love to me they've set the stage for like this who 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 deserves to be with Laurel Oliver or um Tommy and I have a very specific perspective on that (laughs) as the season unveiled if someone were to deserve if someone were to deserve who that would be i have a very set uh attitude about that and may have ficked it to deal with my rage (laughs) about how it's handled but leave it you know clearly i'm a merlant shipper so tommy's my guy and and i think they i agree with you on the tit for tat, I also think I I think Vampire Diaries is one of the few shows that does love triangle well. Yeah, I got a little old, but I would say seasons one through did I throw four in there? Yeah, I'm gonna throw four in there. I don't like the way four was executed uh, with David and Elena, but um, in terms of like ba- in terms of balance, it we've worked. been there. Yes, it worked. Go listen to our failed podcast where we yes. dropped it after three episodes. <laughs> we just were like, can't do it. Like, this, this is how you know if you're like, you really love a show. Can you rewatch it? I have tried. I have tried to watch past season three, you guys. I can't do it. I'm throwing four in there just because I feel like it bookends the love triangle, like the, the, the choice. No. It's like how my entire generation was like, when when Glee started dropping on streaming, we're just like, no, we're not doing it. No, it's like no, you, you can't will not make bring us... me back to the depths of hell. Maddie and I were just like, well, every po- every podcast episode was just us yelling about it. <laughs> so, there's still a lot of anger. It was not therapeutic, so we just like, like never no, not gonna do this anymore. No. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, um, had the series gone the way I think the writers intended it to, to go and the way the plan was, I think it would eventually have been Stefan. So I think they set up in the pilot. Um, they're a little more heavy on Stefan than they are Damon, but they thread Damon in there enough 
so that if she ends up with Damon, you can call back to the pilot and it works, which is exactly what they did in the finale, okay? So for a love triangle to work, there can't be a clear favorite. No. <laughs> like, for it to truly really, be a triangle, you know? If you really there's... want, right, if you really want it to be a love triangle. A true love triangle true is also, triangle. it's an equilateral triangle, you know? Yeah, like there's lots of triangles out there, <laughs> but there are not a lot of equal love triangles. Those are rare in television. Almost always there is a favorite and it's clear who the favorite is. The other one is just kind of like instigating trouble but it's going to be the, you know, partner A, which is exactly what they did in Arrow <laughs> with yeah. this love triangle. And it's exactly what's so frustrating about watching this Merlin thing is they've already put it out there in the pilot that all roads lead to, lead to Oliver. So, like, as I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm super loving these two. I hate the main couple, but I'm super loving these two. It's extremely frustrating because I already knew, well, this isn't going to, there's no way in hell Tommy gets the girl. Yeah. And, like, part of, too, I think I realize is maybe where the thought process came of killing Tommy mm. is, well, we set it up like all the writing that really she doesn't quite love Tommy enough to like stay with him and she's going to be with Oliver. But also there's not enough chemistry. We're obviously not doing Laurel and Oliver at this point. But then what do we do with Tommy? We can't figure it out. So I guess we got to kill him. Yeah. I mean, I have, I am, I'm still so very frustrating. Yes, there. Perfect Yay! time. We're going to get Callie's favorite topic of why they should have killed Laurel and not Tommy. Well, <laughs> even if you don't kill Laurel, like keep Laurel, but you don't have to kill Tommy. Like to me, it honestly smacks of bad writing at a time where arrow writing wasn't necessarily bad. Right. Like really there, this is like the, I would say the first three seasons, this is the top of their game. Yes. Oh, I agree, one hundred percent. And so, honestly, like, they could have like put was... him in a coma over hiatus because that would still traumatize Oliver enough and like cause enough of a thing. And but you have all of hiatus to well, have him in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> My thing is, here's why I get. I am. I'm cool with Arrow killing characters as an instigation, as the as the spark to the superhero journey. Yeah, it's like the Moira death. Like, right? It kind of had to happen. It had to happen. That sparked the uh, right. Okay. Superheroes and Disney princesses. It's like it's a thing. Your mom's gonna die. My my problem is this, and we'll get deeper into it in season two. But my problem with this is Tommy died, but he was not Laurel's spark. So I feel like it. Yeah, that's a very good point. It. It's like really. Like, at the bare minimum, he should have been the spark for her to be, like... But instead, he's the spark for her downworld, like, like her total... Becoming the just, worst. Yeah, becoming the worst and, like, the drinking and all that kind of and stuff. And then there's see, another... I can see how it was also the inspiration for Oliver to go on his no-killing streak. Yeah, that worked. That I liked. But from a romantic per- perspective, as a Merlin shipper, I was... I, I was very frustrated that 
to me, like Tommy was great. Like that spark for Oliver spark for Laurel. Like that, yeah. that had some poetry to it, but they didn't do that with her in season two. No. And they really went down this really like, Oh, she has to go to her own Island. And yeah. I'm like, she could have gone to the Island of grief and been angry about a lot. Cause that's what happens later on. They just, I just kill another had, character. I just had a great idea. Laid on me. Of what they could have done with Tommy rather than killing him. But is a kind of way to get like Laurel thrown off her righteous high horse. And mm-hmm. also, also maybe, you know, inspire Oliver to do better. Mm-hmm. Instead of killing Tommy, you make him disabled in some way you know like that there's a lasting effect of what happened and that way you can avoid the nonsense felicity wheelchair thing that we saw in season four you could have that and yeah he could eventually you know get healed and be able to walk again but that way you're able to play it out over multiple seasons and kind of build up whatever resentment tommy has in order to kind of go dark and go head to head with oliver years later you know what i mean i yeah. mean that's to me and i in retrospect and it's like look- I, i'm picturing it now of like he's in a coma from the like still after all of this right season two episode one oliver visits him in the hospital room and promises him that he's not going to kill anymore exactly yeah thank you yes exactly that's yeah. a good scene love it it would have been fantastic it's the greatest failing of this show is that they didn't have Tommy as a very slow, we could have just gone year Such after year. Such a slow year, burn villain. Slow burn villain to five. Oh. Like Tommy should have been the slow burn villain to five. We should have been watching his villain origin story. Correct. In real and time. Laurel should have been the catalyst to that. If Laurel dies, like that makes absolute sense why Tommy is like fuck this arrow dude and then he finds out it's Oliver after he sees Oliver sleep with I mean like it, there's so much momentum story wise to turn and, like, Tommy into a bad guy and you had the blueprint because like Smallville was right there of like yeah! Clark's best friend Lex right? like, yes 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 Luther him Smallville style exactly Maddie and like, it's meaningful perfect. Right. So to me, the whole, my whole, like the way I'm rewatching Merlance now, it just, it hurts worse. Cause I'm like, this is such wasted potential. It's so wasted. It's just so fucking wasted. Even if you don't kill Laurel, even if you don't kill yeah. Laurel, it's wasted. Well, you're wa- what you're wasting really. Well, it's, it's a multifaceted thing all in one, one actor slash character is you're wasting the charisma of Tommy. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you were, as an audience, you were able to connect with him when you had a hard time connecting with the Queens and with Laurel. And like, yeah. but then here's Tommy, super charming, super cute. You're wasting, warm. you know, you're wasting the, the history with, with Oliver, you know, using that down the road for the villain arc. You know, you're wasting any potential thing that you could do with Felicity later on in Tommy. Yeah, I mean, like, there's just, there's so much that was wasted. You're wasting Colin Donnell. You had Colin Donnell and you, you had him and you lost him. I mean, really, when you think about what that could have been in five over the long mm. course. Mm. I and have so Oliver as just be totally oblivious to it. Like, 
have Oliver be just totally oblivious because Oliver is oblivious. Yes, you he's need so to good hit the guy over with a cement block. Like there is nobody more oblivious than that man. Like he would have missed it, no problem. Yes. Diggle would have been like, "What's up with Tommy?" And like you've got Oliver defending Tommy for four years. Well, and <laughs> Oliver also getting defensive. Like I know Tommy yep. better than you, John. You know? Yeah. And like and you can even play Tommy as a good guy. Like this is a slow descent. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah exactly. But it's just oh, all the pieces were there, and it gets wasted on this laurel arc that they are trying to delay over and over and over and that tommy tries to bring thea to the dark side and yes like, yeah yes but it's the same trigger that would have been great maddie yeah so, no but that maddie that would have been so fantastic because they're half siblings and so yes like, oh my god wait i didn't hear that what did she say my <laughs> phone cut out like Tommy trying to bring Thea to the dark yes! side. Oh, I love that. Wouldn't that have been so good? That would have been so good. Oh my god. I mean, Cal, you and I were so hot. We were so hot for Tommy not being dead in season five. We I'm were even, like I'm even able to allow. Okay, let's let's paint another scenario. <laughs> Wipe the disabled off the map. Okay. Okay. Tommy is presumed dead, much like Merlin was presumed dead in the Right. Right. And so Oliver grieves him, promises not to kill. Laurel goes on her bender, whatever. All that in season two remains as is. Mm -hmm. But when Thea goes with Merlin at the end of three, who shows up in the limo with Merlin and Thea but Tommy? I mean, amazing. That nice. and, and and the three of them would and have been. And then they're kicking off on a three season. Again, you're missing all like you're missing all the brother stuff, like fighting over Thea. I mean, there was some real money to mine there. And so when Oliver goes to get Thea in early season three, yeah, it could be presented like he's not just saving Thea from Merlin; he's also saving Tommy. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know Merlin, but Except you know, Tommy I mean, doesn't want to like, go. Tommy no, maybe no, maybe you know. Tommy is playing the long game. He's like, yeah, oh, that's true. I'm yeah, so yeah. glad to see you, but he's like sleeper agent. Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeper Agent Tommy, I'm so Winter Soldier Tommy. Like, yeah. Well, it's just like every scene I see with Laurel and Tommy, I'm just like, yeah, it would have been it perfect. All. It would have been it would have been perfect. It would have been amazing. And then you can join it with Tommy's descent into to the darkness. But then Laurel's whole arc is moving towards the to superhero yes. thing, becoming Black Canary, and she's ultimately what is what is able to save Tommy. Right. It's fucking you kind perfect, of have a Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader moment. Yes. 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 It's fucking perfect. God, the show could have been de decent. <laughs> it could have been decent. They could have been Wait, winners instead of losers. Jen. <laughs> Did you just Raylo Merlance? I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. I will Raylo the shit out of anything I please just to see Callie's head explode. You know. <laughs> Listen. Wait, Maddie, aren't you my you're my you're my Raylo girl, right? Yes. Yeah, we haven't talked about it in a long time. The two of you. <laughs> the only person to send me Raylo stuff is Maddie. <laughs> God. She's with me on my Adam Driver obsession too, so. <sighs> But I next can't topic. help it if he's sex on a stick. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, moving on. 
did the laurel we're done with moving on um but tangential since the club scene was kind of where we started talking about um mm. laurel and tommy mm-hmm. is fia acting up and being trouble teen and all of that Fia they... is the worst in season one she i feel like is, that but her trouble I... teen thing was kind of dropped almost but like, i think because she was just so oppressively obnoxious but I actually like, uh, as far as the the Thea Moira stuff, is actually interesting because Moira is just basically doing round two with her that she did with Oliver, and Oliver tells her, you know, I could have used a lot less space and more like actual parenting. FYI, yes, that and was a great. That was yeah. a good line. Yeah. That was a good line. Well, and it really, I mean. Again, you have to show, not tell. And it does a good job of um, showing Oliver's character growth. Exactly. Because, like, basically she's in the same spot that he was Mm -hmm. pre-island. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, let's not do this again. Yeah, maybe I would not have destroyed my life (laughs) and ended up in... I just, I feel like... Moira and Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and, like, Moira and Thea have this really great scene where Moira's just like I don't know how to parent you because you were way closer with Robert and he's mm-hmm. just like you literally haven't talked about my dad in years and yeah. you're repressing so much trauma and yep. this isn't healthy and it's just a step for because the queen family is fucked up y'all oh but... they're so fucked up it's like but... it's the best though <laughs> it is but it's like this glimpse of we can be better yeah, you want to feel good about your family? Watch some Arrow season one. <laughs> you feel pretty good. I I almost feel like Thea's kind of rebellious teen thing, it didn't really pan out into anything. Like her going to, to Merlin almost would have been more shocking if she hadn't been rebelling, if she had been kind of like the the golden child up until that point. Yeah. I just feel like it was like an excuse for her to like get with Roy, but like again, that wouldn't wouldn't that have hit even better if she was the golden child to suddenly start yeah. being going out with a thug. Well, she you know? really like downshifted into the golden. I mean, the thing about Thea is like, yeah, the first few episodes she's a pill, but then she gets into the car accident, and I feel like she downshifts into a good kid. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But like, I I just I don't. But like, why? I, why I feel like this? they had her like, yeah. oh look, she's on pills. Oh look, she's yeah. a crazy wild, yeah, thing. The wild just child. to like stress out Oliver. But like, nothing yeah. really ever happened with her. right. Honestly, and honestly, she's it. more together emotionally than Oliver. No, one hundred percent. So it's like, eh, you know, <laughs> even drugged out Thea is like, dude, look at your choices. <laughs> so that's just, totally. that's how bad it was for Oliver. You're like, yeah. Because yeah. part of me wonders if it was reverse engineered from them wanting to have Count Vertigo as a villain in one of the episodes. And you're like, well, you we need someone on drugs. And so they're like, yeah, teenager. Because Vertigo does take a, is a big, is a big piece of the show. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. yeah. But you can introduce it in other ways other than. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they needed like a drugs. character that we semi care about to like. Yeah. Okay. Well, have have her get dosed with vertigo, but like she can still be the good kid, but like she goes to a party with a friend and like gets like dosed against her her like without her consent type of thing. I mean, there's ways to do it. 
you know, I don't know. I just felt like that was a bit of a, a dropped half. There's a lot of, line. I mean, and I guess you have to, you have to give the, the, the show room to do this of experimentation, yeah. which is why, <laughs> which is why they, they often say they didn't really feel like they found their footing until, yes. um, Felicity finds out. Yeah. Yeah. And you have they're, that. They're seeing what works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And They're I throwing think it, spaghetti at the wall. I feel like Mark said the elevator, the break into Merlin's um, corporate yeah. headquarters. I think that was the episode they were like, oh, this is the show. This is this it. is this is what this works. This is the show. This is what works. And they and then they retooled. I think it was happening before that, but I feel like that was specifically the episode that he was like, No, this is it. Yeah. Which carries clearly into season two. So Oh, clearly. You can draw a straight line. We were saying that it's nice to celebrate the 10 years because technically, many a Elicity fan believes this is the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) One of three. I mean... One can so we'll do (laughs) one last topic before we get to the Elicity meeting because um, one thing that also struck me about 103 is they... they give a little bit of a glimpse of Quentin Lance actually being a decent cop to not make you totally hate him because he doesn't just take it out face value that like everyone else is like, Oh, it's the hood. It's the hood of like, that's like killing these dudes. And he's like, no, there's a pattern. The hood uses like arrows and stuff. And this is a sniper <laughs> rifle. And like, let's actually do our jobs and figure this yeah. out. He's not the typical prototypical dumb cop. Well, he's not the cop that's like lazy. I just want to get cases off my desk. Right. Yeah. I want to actually find out who did the crime. <laughs> you know, and detective it. <laughs> Stuff like that. Because it shows that while, yeah, there is a dogged pursuit after like the hood and everything where he does think this guy's a vigilante and we need to like take him in and just get this handled, that it's not completely unfounded, but he, he actually values justice and figuring out what like needs to be done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're showing his, his moral compass. Yep. I'm agreeing. He's not like completely it. blinded by his vendettas and Correct. doesn't no. kind of make you like him. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I liked Lance. I was, listen, I was very solidly team Lance in this whole I mean, yes, I had forgiven Oliver. I understood that he was going to be a superhero. I felt terrible for what he had gone through. But also, I was very understand. Like, I get why Lance is pissed at him. You know oh, what I mean? No, like, totally. Yeah. Fair. fair. He and set off a bomb in his family. You know? Right. Why Laurel's mad at him. Like, also, legit. My issue with Laurel is I wish she was more, like, pick your lane, lady. Oh, are I you know. do you All like him or map. don't you do you hate him or not just stop the flip-flopping every freaking episode it's so well, exhausting and if you hate him you can't then flip the switch and be like you're the love of my life i've always loved you, you know like you right. don't talk that way to people that you no. love no even even if you've fallen out of love even if you're angry with them you still don't say you wish they rotted in hell right like, that's, that's a tough that. to walk back honey 
I and just, I don't yeah, think she should have walked ba- walked it back. I think she should have. I wish she had. I really I, do. I mean, it would have been kind of refreshing to yeah. to see that relationship not be repairable. It ultimately is not repairable. That's what ends up happening. But it would be nice for it to have been Laurel drawing that line in the sand of like, we can start in a new place, but we here's, can't go back. Here's 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 my input on this. But it's the very CW particular. and you know they were going to bang even if they weren't oh, going to yeah. end up together. My well, like, here's, 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 not remotely. I, this is a way that they could have banged and still done what Jen's saying because I just today finished <laughs> oh, true. Hate I just today finished an audiobook where this girl ends up marrying she marries her like high school sweetheart and is like the love of her life a day before their first anniversary he goes on a trip his helicopter goes down everybody's presumed dead she grieves she's horribly sad she moves back home with her family and meets a guy that she also knew in high school and starts dating him and then they get engaged and right about you know a month out from their wedding then they this guy calls he's been found at sea he's coming home right mm-hmm. S- same ex- situation more or less you know mm-hmm. except without the cheat sister cheating right. but what happened was is there was this she loved both of these men but mm-hmm. and she really loved this this guy that came back you know even mm-hmm. though he was different and he was more closed off and he had scars he didn't want to talk about you know very very familiar shit here and she realized before he did that they were different people Mm. and that she would always love him and he would always be one of the loves of her life but they weren't that for each other anymore Mm. and it was kind of nice to like it was like a mature telling i'm like you know what arrow could have done something really cool with that Mm -hmm. And they chose to just, I don't know, like they, they made it so toxic because yeah. they could have, they could have had this realization, like, listen, we loved each other, but it's, that's over. That's in the past and we can't, I, no, I don't want to be go that back. person anymore. You don't want to be that person anymore. Yeah. Just it's seeing fun. them try to go back. Right. This whole season is so exhausting. It's, it exhausting. it's just an exhausting enterprise. I think Oliver's, they're, bo- they're both exhausted by the end. You know what well, I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, just, and they don't even seem to like to share things together. And they don't even like each well, other. Well, that's, really. that's the thing is, Callie, not to be a snarky bitch, but <laughs> they, what you're describing sounds like compelling storytelling. Oh, I, I know, it's right? A, it's a little too emotionally nuanced for, you have to remember one person in that scene is This Katie is Cassidy. why I wrote my yeah. book. We could get this emotional nuance. But here's the thing. Maybe we could just cast a different Laurel. <laughs> I, I think that's like one of the biggest. It's like, to me, one of the more interesting questions in the Elizabeth fandom is if Emily Bett Ricards was cast as Laurel, does that change it? I think it does. I think it does, too. I think it does. But I still think it's a bad way to start. It's a, a bad story. basis for a romance to be but it, built it from. But it could have worked. It was just the They're fact that it was a bad basis and yeah. no chemistry. The was... chemistry with them and Emily, to me, Emily's acting ability would be enough to rise above that crap hand that they were dealt. Yeah. But I agree. It's, but they could have made it compelling. Yeah. 
But and the actors would have been invested in making it work too. But here's I don't the think other thing: Stephen was invested in making it work. I don't know he was invested. It was just. Here's the other thing. I think secretly, my thing is, not even secretly, I was like, okay, so we're in 103, Felicity Smoke enters, blows the doors off the whole damn show. <laughs> doors okay. Resets the whole scale. I think one of my frustrations with Oliver and Laurel is that, you're right, it should have been a slow burn. It should have taken them a really long time to have sex. Correct. And they push it fast in season one. And it's jarring and it's upsetting and it really interrupts my Merlin's feels and I don't like it. But they're pushing it fast because they're closing the door on it. Right. Yeah. So it's it's one of the more annoying aspects of season one is the rapidness of which we are pushing this Laurel and Oliver reunion and they have to get back together and they have to do this. And I'm like, why? (laughs) And I think that's as a viewer now, knowing the direction of the show, which I was not clued into at all in season one with Felicity, I can clearly honestly say as I was watching season one of Arrow, I never thought for a hot second they would ever make Felicity the love interest. I was just, I just remember watching and be like, this is jarring. This is too fast. I think if I had been watching in season one, I too wouldn't have believed it either it's almost too hard to believe i mean we're talking about a guest star how it well, just never happens i didn't have thought of it in this part of the season i was once we get to like the the underground casino and the merlin global oh, breaking and stuff i wanted it i just i wouldn't have thought they were gonna do it right i knew they were gonna go there it was just whether it would be end game or not you because know what? I was like I yeah my thing is, I think I was a little bit, uh, a little bit Oliver in that I didn't want to admit that I loved them as much as I did because I, <laughs> I was setting myself up for pain and loss. That was really my struggle. Well, and that's what Silver was talking about mm-hmm. when I overheard that like, yep. he didn't want to believe. No. Cause it and hurt- he didn't want to tip it because <laughs> that way lay heartbreak. It does. It was just never going to. And, and it was I had to watch for up. myself and decide for myself. And I was like, nope, this is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was on a steady um, CW diet. So I, <laughs> I knew they were going to go there because. In season one, you knew they were going to go there. You, you yes. thought. With, yeah, but I you didn't like, know if they were going right. to be endgame. Well, right. I knew they were going to hook up. I didn't know they were oh, going to okay. be endgame. I like, like it was going to be it. I was just like. During this rewatch, I would like you he, to He's pretty. Yeah. So yes, they're going to hook up at some point. My th- okay. So we've got to pinpoint when we think the shift happened, and you, Maddie, have to pinpoint when you're like they're gonna bang. Because I don't have that in season one. I'm like, it, to me, oh, it, it's one fifteen. It's yeah, oh, okay. it's the gold to dress. Me, the and hopeless I was like, crush felt. That's what it felt like. It was gonna be this hopeless crush that Oliver. No, but it's the CW. Everyone is going to hook up at some point. <laughs> Fair enough. I did not have that thought at all. I was operating off of what I knew when I started watching, which was in early season two, which was that it had progressed, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know the details. And of course, I binged it all very quickly, like multiple episodes in a day. So it's kind of hard to distill down when I saw what was happening. But 207 was my light bulb moment. Like, oh, no, this is this isn't 
just your random CW hookup, this is going to be big. Yeah. I, and I do think like the, the power of elicity is within this almost cultish kind of like, you know, cultish, it's right. like, like folklore kind of. <laughs> she true. was a day playing guest star, nobody. Never happens. And no, one it's scene, unheard of. One scene with the star of the show, one, one. scene. And she, now they did it gradually, but they had already, they booked her immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's in 204, and you're just like, yep. Yeah. They were like, come back please book her and i just don't think you can the key to this scene to me has always been this is the first moment we see oliver for who he's going to become because you see him drop the facade yes for a a moment he melts the rage the pain the anger it goes away in a second just looking at her and the like the smarmy facade and yeah and he just he can't see that warmth that that love that compassion he's you're like ah that's the superhero i'm waiting to see got it and even though i didn't watch it i like that they referenced it in season eight yep yeah. That he went looking for her because of how much that moment meant to him. Yeah. Because it was. It's the touchstone. And that's why it's very also, easy for like, me to make the argument that 103 is really the pilot episode. Truly. I mean, she only missed two previous so episodes. So far, we've seen him actually be a good liar with everybody of like... Right! ...do the personas. And, and he can't... He can't spit it out! He can't spit it out with her. He's, he's awful. Like, uh, my coffee shop's in a bad neighborhood. Yeah, he's and you're just like, like... He's like... Like, Mr. God of Sex is tongue-tied <laughs> and no game. <laughs> he can't pull the wool over those eyes. No. Yeah. And I do. I think. I think to me, when you're setting up, because now we got this episode, and then with 104, you're setting up Team Arrow. And to me, Team Arrow is all about who sees Oliver for Oliver, for who he really is. Right. And those are the going to be the people. Like again, these should have been the people at his deathbed or whatever kind of bed he was in. You know, like totally. It, you know, it's like because they saw him for who he is. Diggle! And as much as I love Tommy, he didn't see Oliver. No. Laurel sure no. shit didn't see Oliver. No. I and mean, I when she was where he people. was the arrow, she was like I will have shocked. words with any Laurel fan who argues otherwise. That she yeah. ever glimpsed who he was. No. No. No, no time she got she was with enjoyment him, out of telling him that he wasn't that. Don't you remember she knows him in her bones? No. Yeah. I remember when she said that. That line like, was where? So bitch, where? I'm going to have, it's just, I'm going to spend 45 minutes just on that line because it's going to, when I see it again, I'm just going to explode. Like, this is the biggest bunch of bullshit. I, no, I, I do. I think, I think three and four to me, because there's a lot of like underground arguing back in the day. Where who was really original Team Arrow because they hated the, like the Lord of the oh, yeah. hated the OTA 
And oh, they man. were like, Laurel was o- was original Team Arrow because she's helping the Arrow she solve was. crimes. And well, I'm no, like, there was, she was the original Team Arrow because she was there in the pilot. It's like, right? <laughs> like, no, no, sir, no, no, ma'am. That's she was in the first goes. poster. No, no, right. No, 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 like, well, they regulated her to the back for the second. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when she was like this little? So you needed a magnifying glass to see her. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone's got downgraded. No, and I, and I do. I think Diggle is is hip to it. I think Diggle uh, in 104 when he finds out. I think he has the most. Um, also, honestly, like it's like we Diggle finding out is like pretty much how we expect his reaction is pretty much how we would expect everyone else to react. It's like. Something happened to you, man. <laughs> you yeah. are messed up. <laughs> you have lost your mind, sir. This is not normal, sir. Like, this is abnormal no. behavior, mister. What I said, like, you know, coming home is the war. I didn't, I just meant maybe you need a little therapy. I didn't mean. Like, literal war. But I love the scene in 104. Well, actually, real quick, before we jump into 104, I just want to point out one thing that you would only get from rewatching nearly 10 years later of just things aging poorly, where you're like, oh, yikes, that was 2012 or whatever it was, is when they're doing the cover of, like, you know, seeing where Verdon is going to be for the first time and, like, the idea, let's build the club in a bad neighborhood type thing. And he's talking with Diggle. And he's like, yeah, it'll be great. We'll gentrify the neighborhood. And oh. I was like, did he literally just say, like, we're going to gentrify the neighborhood? Yep. Like, no, that's, that's not good. That is kind of tacky there. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I wasn't moving on from 103. I'm just, I go no. back and forth. Um, but I love the scene where they're in the, the diner. And Oliver tells them that my dad blew his brains out in front of me yeah and that's the moment diggle gets on board and why i love that is because when i saw that in the pilot that's the moment i got on board like he's like like, okay this guy's a little bit more there's there's a lot more going on under the surface than what i also you're not letting this go so like right i should be by you yes either way this is happening I, yes, exactly. Like it's you, just to save you. You right are forth. a nuclear bomb potentially, <laughs> and I'm the only one who can disarm you. Is really what he puts forth to Oliver, and I love that Oliver doesn't really like uh, disagree with that statement. No, uh, how can he? No, <laughs> I mean just the weakest. I don't need anyone to save me. But this is why, right? This is why he totally understands that's bullshit. Like, this is why the insanity plea would never work with Oliver. He's not crazy. He knows exactly what he's doing. This is these are choices. <laughs> these are specific decisions, and he has grown comfortable and okay with murder if mm-hmm. it's a necessity. Not that he's okay with it, but he will do it, it if it's required. Yeah. It's but kind the- of like how in, um, to make a, another superhero parallel, um, in season two of Daredevil, when the Punisher's on trial and he's like, don't try to spin this as, as like a PTSD thing of that there's, there's soldiers that are like genuinely dealing with that. I full, 
like I'm fully aware of what I've I've been doing and I've been killing these people fully yeah. comprehending that I've been killing these people. Yeah. But I do think like in this in splitting the halves of you know because we like the show is really about Oliver as a man, Oliver as the hood. I think to the way I look at 103 and 104 is Felicity shows the man and Diggle uh has the glimpse the foresight to see the superhero you know what i mean yeah he's focused on we're gonna put you down this path of righteousness we're gonna use all your skills but i'm gonna try to steer the boat so like maybe you like do some good and it's not just about crossing up names on a list you know and felicity was definitely concerned with his soul yes diggle gets more invested like Diggle's invested in the soul. He tells Oliver oh, yeah. that. Oh, no. you know. Just like Felicity cares about the superhero thing, too. Right, right. But they, they both care about both. Kind of lame. I just I... feel like when Diggle makes that handshake with Oliver, he's got plans. He's yeah. he's got yeah. he's got big ideas for Oliver, and we're gonna get we're gonna see him done. And Oliver doesn't have those plans, but Diggle does. And Diggle is kind of just he makes Oliver his mission. He's like, nope. And I think that that's what's kind of special about Diggle in that, and I do think this more than Felicity, he makes Oliver his right mission. He's right. almost more specified just on Oliver than even Felicity is, right. um, which is why I think he has so much trouble later on in the seasons as things shift in their relationship, you know? So. Yeah, he has a, a standard for Oliver. Mm-hmm. That maybe wasn't quite realistic. Yeah, you know, I don't know as if he was taking all the information at hand into mm-hmm. consideration. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. She wasn't. He wasn't allowing Oliver as much grace as he needed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I think too, and also part of you know, we all joke about Diggle shipping Elicity so hard is I think once Elicity, like Felicity genuinely joins the team and like gets involved and he sees like them interacting like front row seat to it, then he's like, oh, my plans and my idea for who Oliver can become as a man, that's what's going to do, help get this all together. <laughs> like yeah. Diggle's kind of like the cook and he's looking for all the ingredients to make this masterpiece you know, and he sees Felicity. Oh, you're the main ingredient. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, gonna... yes, let's bring her on board. Yeah, we're going to bring this one on board. This is the there, good one. Yep. There but are I some like arguments that, do... that are more compelling with a cute blonde ponytail than from me. <laughs> yeah, but I got to say the magic of Felicity and I, and I, like as much shit as give these writers, they, the magic of it is how organic it developed. Right. And like the writers, there was discovering no it, there. Yeah, in real time, as we are also, that's pretty cool. I can't really think of a. It does feel like we kind it of all went never happened, it never together. will happen. Yeah, I do feel like we went through it with them. Like that's yeah. where I was always, I would get my you know panties in a twist when everyone was like the writers are just reacting to fans and giving the fans what they want i'm like that's actually not in the production of a television show possible you can't do that (laughs) (laughs) that's not how it works so i mean i wrote anthologies on this it drove me it still drives me nuts 
I just love that they would hand over the finished product and we would have the same reactions to all of the scenes that they did with Emily. So it does feel like we, they, like we all just like, they discovered the character. We discovered the character in a sort of tandem, you know, there was a flow to it, you know, which I don't think has ever happened to me on a television show. Yeah. I really, because most television shows like are cemented in the plan. Right. And they very rarely veer from it. But Errol had to be open to to it because they, you can't convince me that they didn't notice in the pilot that there was a problem. No, it's from the pilot and they were looking at, like, I really think if a show's doing well enough that then there's less higher up involvement and just Mm -hmm. like, okay, go do and stuff. Because there was such a problem, I feel like. Berlanti and Pedowitz and like all the high like higher ups were watching dailies and being like, "Have you figured it out yet? Have you figured it out yet?" Because like, problem. Well, and and <laughs> that and Mark's answer to the interview question from the Arrow Ten Years people, where he's like, he went says he went running to his co producer, you know, co showrunner's mm-hmm. office and said, "This one right here, her." Mm-hmm. Because it was that was something that they were literally looking for. This is the, the rivers, this is the character. The rivers love to come at us and like act like we tore it down all by ourselves. No, but the river tore itself down. They were looking yes. for something from yes. the pilot on. Yeah, I love that. You are so the right. The slot was open. Yeah, the the hole and was already there. I also, I, I love picturing. They wouldn't have changed the plan if the whole was right. already there. Like, sorry, this didn't go your way, guys, but it wasn't us who dismantled it. Mm-mm. And they yeah. didn't dismantle it because of our response to Laurel and Oliver. Like, that's not mm-hmm. possible. You can't go three episodes in and be like, well, we're going to ditch the main love interest because the fans told us to. Like, that's not how that goes. No. <laughs> and like... The other thing, I just have this hilarious mental picture of, like, they finish shooting the 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 meet cute scene and all of this, and they have to keep up the veneer of professionalism and no. like casualness of just well, well, thanks, Emily, thank you so much for coming in today. It was it was great working with you, and just like thank you, have a great day, and just like let be cool, be cool, and all this, and then as soon as like she's out the door, I'm just like we figured it out. <laughs> Just like, just, just her. This isn't going to be totally. Like, seriously, this is that's, it. That's pretty much exactly what happened, according to Mark. Because mm-hmm. they, they can't be like, please stay in. Like, we're, they can't immediately say, we're going to hire you and change this whole show around you. But they have to be like, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. And, and Steve was like, looking, too, because he was super nice to her on the first yeah. day. And then, like, the door shuts, and Steve is like, that's the one we're keeping that one yep that's the one it's so true that one okay (sighs) well if you're looking for stuff to listen to and read the arrow 10 years on twitter has done a phenomenal job of like piecing together interviews from cast and crew and directors and it's just chock full of goodies they're they're um, it's been a delight this week it's been it's been nice we've been well fed it's very much appreciated (laughs) They did a fantastic job. It was, I mean, this was a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, when I saw all 
the interviews they got, I was like, damn. Damn, same reaction. I was like, this took forever to compile. I love myself some planners. This like, is an undertaking. That's just no like pun intended. Totally concrete. an undertaking. I know. This is like some type A concrete sequentials, like getting out the calendar and be like, we're doing this thing, like ahead of time. Like, it's amazing. It's like, I wish I planned like that. Keeping <laughs> it a secret. Oh my God, right? Lord. And like, then they had to go to conventions to get the interviews. I know. That's money. Money. Thanks for spending money, guys. And speaking of which, they raised a bunch of money. And they raised a bunch of money for fuck cancer. Or F cancer, if you're uncomfortable with the language. (laughs) Yeah, you listen to this podcast. I mean, you're listening to me. I don't really know why you would have a problem with language. Because... I swear, like I say, but yeah, yeah, I gotta go. I really want to go back and rewatch everything. I really haven't had a chance to listen to Antonio, and I want to listen to his interview. Yeah. yeah, and like, yeah, we really didn't get into 104, but whatever. It's... All that matters is that Diggle finds out. That's the episode. Boom. Yeah, that's, that's Diggle the finds out, and Laurel is embarrassingly horny for that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Everything else in 104 is secondary to that, and it's like whatever. <laughs> yeah. And oh, Moira be shady. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the nefariousness of Moira slowly gets unraveled. Yeah, it's a season-long thing. I mean, they, they brought Felicity back to investigate the missing like two and a half million dollars, and she finds the warehouse because she's Felicity, and she's gonna find the shady shit. <laughs> I love that they dropped that Oliver has any computer skills at all, though. Yeah, like when she showed up, they're like, "Okay, he like did the whole Adam Hunt money transfer, all that. He did all that." And then they're like, "Nah, you don't have." Yeah, he doesn't. Because <laughs> honestly, why would he know? It's like Laurel and the in the fight in the club with like she's like all of a sudden she's that like superhero like, and then she forgot how to fight, and then like sees through nowhere to be found. I like. Oh, I goodness. felt like that was a reasonable explanation. I'm like, clearly this is a setup for her being Black Canary. Like, oh, my dad yeah. taught me self-defense. Okay, I buy that. And then they were like, no, that's not enough, good enough reason in season three. I'm like, well, I bought it. So much. She forgot annoying. how to fight in the alcoholism. Yes, that was the brain cells that were burning. <laughs> God. So the, the pills took the ability. <laughs> oh that's amazing i love it i love it all righty guys i have to go all righty well we will talk next week feed your family have a good weekend guys six i have very controversial opinion about 105 and i'm going to make your guys head explode oh god i can't wait you're gonna love it oh okay bye guys i can see where this is going see you next week okay bye bye this week be sure to listen next week subscribe to watch over on itunes or google play and look us up on twitter and tumblr bye